Hello. Welcome to episode number 102 of CXO Talk. You know, data, analytics, machine learning, these are hot topics. And today, we're going to be talking with somebody who is truly a leading expert at applying these concepts to the real world to travel. I'm Michael Krigsman, and I'm here with my co-host, Vala Offshore. Hey, Vala, how are you? Michael, I'm doing well. How are you? I am excellent. So we're here with Yorgos Zahuria, who is the Chief Technology Officer at Kayak. Yorgos, how are you? Very well. Great, great to be here. And I think everybody knows, uh, knows about Kayak. It's one of the world's top travel sites. So Yorgos, uh, please tell us about your background and your professional history. Um, so I, uh, I came to the U.S. in '93 to study at MIT. Ended up doing uh, four degrees there, uh, including uh, a PhD in computer science. Um, but um, I, I've spent mo most of my professional life in startups. Uh, I started um, four of them and then joined Kayak at some point. Um, and all my, both my academic and professional experience ha has always had to do with uh, using machine learning. Uh, uh, to produce valuable information uh, and, and services and recommendations for, for end users. And uh, yeah, Kaya is a prime example of, um, a, 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 of learning from data to, make, to build a better, a better user experience. Well, most of our previous guests only have one or two degrees from prestigious universities, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And as Michael mentioned, uh, many of us know about Kayak, but could you talk a little bit about Kayak and the company, and then specifically your role as the Chief Technology Officer at Kayak? What does that mean? What, do you, what does a typical day for you look like? Yeah, so Kayak's objective is to build the best app um, for the user to uh, search, find the, uh, the travel product that they're looking for, and, and then manage that travel even after the booking um, experience. Um, my role as CTO at Kayak is I own uh, uh, technology and product strategy. I spend most of my day uh, working with uh, the, the product people and, and the, um, uh, the mobile team and the UI development team uh, studying the experiments we're about to launch or have launched, monitoring the performance and then brainstorming what we should do next. Uh, how, how should we improve the user experience next? So you mentioned the term machine learning and that plays an important role in your work and the data science at Kayak. But I wonder, and, it, and it's a very kind of trendy term these days, but I wonder how many people know what it actually means. So, so Yorgos, would you give us a little bit of background on machine learning and what does it mean specifically at Kayak? Yeah. So the name of the term comes from um, the machine, the computer, basically learning uh, uh, patterns from data. Uh, the way I like to describe it is basically computational statistics. You can have a statistician build um, a hypothesis and test it uh, one at a time. Or you can have a computer test uh, millions of hypotheses in, in very, very little time and tell you which pattern uh, um, has the most predictive value. Um, practical applications is um, how learning how to 
a better query our, our partners to find the, the, the most competitive flight prices uh, or how to better personalize the sort order when we present hotels to our users. Learn from their preferences and show them the hotels they are most likely to book uh, higher than uh, uh, three, four pages uh, after the first page of results. Sure. So, I mean, in, in your view, what are what are you, what is Kayak selling? Are you selling data? Are you selling information? User experience? Something else, or maybe a combination of all of that? So, we actually don't sell anything. Um, yeah. You know, we <laughs> uh, so we aggregate the information and we try to present it in the, in the most usable way. Um, so user experience uh, trumps over almost every decision we make at Kayak. Um, so we're trying to, pro, to, pre, to show our users the, the most comprehensive results set possible for their travel search query and uh, in, in the most usable way, whether that's a mobile device or desktop. So, so you're aggregating this data, and behind the scenes, you're undertaking various, as you said, computational statistics in order to find relationships with this data, mm -hmm. but, but you're not actually selling anything, so why does the user care? Well, the role of Kayak is to, um, we see our mission to actually produce the most comprehensive and accurate data. If we don't, we use credibility, the user will not come back. Um, so uh, we also want to present these results as fast as possible. For example, it makes no sense to have a, a very complex algorithm surfacing four-stop results that might be saving the user a couple of dollars when we know we can get them, the traveler there with a direct flight. Um, or, uh, so these optimizations matter because uh, you don't want to, to make the user wait uh, unnecessarily for, 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 a, for a result that they would never book. On, on the hotel side, we don't want to be querying our partners for, uh, for every single query and make the user wait for 30, 40 seconds, depending on, on the slowest system we actually have to query. So we, we have uh, the, uh, a predictive caching mechanism that, that uh, anticipates what our users are, uh, are likely to search every day, and we preemptively query all our partners, gather their data, um, locally and, uh, and serve the, the, those results uh, as fast as, as possible from our own cache. Can you, uh, can you give us a sense of, uh, or maybe a non-technical overview of how the data flows from suppliers through your systems and then ultimately to the user? I think our audience would appreciate that whole data flow uh, and, and, and the magic behind, behind the scenes. Yeah, so... Um, we, we query hundreds of providers for every query that, that we see on our system. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, typically for flight results, we actually uh, qu uh, prefer to query uh, pricing engines like ITA software, which now belongs to Google, uh, or Amadeus, um, because that allows us to query the real-time inventory of our partners and synthesize deep links into the, the results of the, of, uh, of the airlines or the travel agencies that will surface th those results on their websites, but we can do that without burdening their websites. Mm -hmm. Certain uh, airlines uh, would actually crash if they saw the daily volume kayaks. So this allows us to, 
to uh, present reliable and, and comprehensive results without burdening their systems. Um, and on the hotel side, as I mentioned earlier, we'll, we do this predictive caching. We still query live uh, uh, multiple numbers of partners if we don't have that result in the cache. But typically, we, we prime the, the, our cache with, um, uh, with results uh, continuously so that we can serve them out of the cache when the user shows up. And so just briefly, and for those of us who are relatively non-technical, can you describe your technical architecture? But, but go, go gently on us. <laughs> um, so for storage of the data uh, and for big data tasks, we rely on mostly Hadoop. Uh, a, a lot of uh, other, we also rely on, on MySQL for other types of, of tasks and real-time serving of of, um, of hotel data, for example. Um, and uh, the kayak is built purely on Java. Um, uh, we use uh, different technologies based on the presentation layer for um, um, for for our mobile web experience. We we have transitioned into using Angular. Um, that that's a, a faster development platform uh, a, and um, easier to hire for these days. Uh, for for the desktop, we are using uh, our own homegrown um, architecture that looks like Angular. Can you share with us some primary technical challenges that you're working on that, or you face? Um, whether it's the UI related, mobility related, storage. Performance of just all of this data transitioning through multiple nodes. What are, what are the biggest challenges that you face as a CTO? Yeah, so performance is an is, is, is an ongoing challenge. Right, you always can make the system faster. Um, another another challenge we have we are focused on is uh, personalization. If the user uh, if we know that the user prefers non-stop flights uh, um, uh, for short-haul flights in Boston to New York, uh, we don't need to pre-select the one-stop and two-stop fl uh, flights for the user, especially if they are only modifying the dates. We know the context of that search. Um, if the user has shown preference towards particular brands or types of hotels, uh, it's important that we actually personalize for that user. So personalization in, in the way we choose to present the results uh, matters both on mobile and desktop, so that that's also an ongoing uh, uh, focus. So, so what is the link? You you talked about uh, user experience being of the utmost importance, and you've said separately that user experience even trumps uh, revenue. It does. Even, even yeah. trumps monetization. Yes. So, um, any idea we have at Kayak? Um, whether that's the color or changing the color of a button, the size of a button, how much information we will show in the results page versus uh, when the users click to see the detailed data. Um, all these are evaluated as an A-B experiment. It could be minor things like I described or it could be a major redesign of the website. Again, everything is evaluated as an A-B experiment. And we measure the user engagement with each part of the website, how fast they can find what they're looking for, and of course, how much money we make. Uh, and at, at the end of the day, um, we choose the best uh, user experience um, but, uh, uh, 
and uh, given the same user experience, we will prefer the one that uh, has the highest monetization for our partners and us. How often do you change? Uh, how often does the algorithm change? Or looks yeah. like a lot, it's a, you have a highly iterative, I don't want to call it A-B testing, but I'm not, because I'm not sure how you make the decision, but it sounds like it's a fairly adaptive process. It is. So the, the whole website is optimized in a Darwinian way. At any given time, um, we run tens of experiments on the website. So the user is part of uh, many uh, of such experiments when they come to Kayak. Um, and, uh, and then once, we, once uh, the statistics converge, we make a decision and we flip ex the winning experiment on. Um, we, we release um, daily, sometimes multiple times a day, so these things can, can go on and off uh, at, the, at any given time. Now, now, Yorgos, what's the connection between the data that you have coming in and the, uh, the transitions that you're making on that data and the user experience, what the user ultimately takes away? Well, you could present this data as an Excel spreadsheet, right? Or you could present it like Kayak uh, does. Um, so we, we, we think that the transformation and the, and the presentation of the data matters a lot. Um, we also use the data that we observe to build new products. One such example is a flight price predictor. We give the users a forecast whether the cheapest price they see on our flight results page is likely to go up or down in the next uh, seven days. And we tell the user, um, we, give, we also give the user a confidence metric based on how accurate our machine learning has been in, uh, in ma making a call in similar pat patterns. Uh, so it's a, it's a decision support tool. The, the user can, uh, can actually save money in, in, uh, in cases uh, where there is high confidence in, in the prediction. And we observe the users are actually engaging with it. Um, other other ideas that we, other products were actually implemented based on, on, on the data we aggregate is the hacker fares. We observe that um, in certain cases the user can save significant money or even travel time if you combine non-aligned airlines like a Star Alliance flight with a, with a one-word flight. So maybe sometimes the only way to make it, to travel to the West Coast and make it back for dinner is to combine a, a flight with Virgin America with a JetBlue one. So we, we show the users uh, these results that we call hacker fares. It requires two separate bookings, um, but they can save the user significant money or a significant amount of money or end time or both. I've used those hack those uh, hacker fares. Wow! It, it's an advanced <laughs> user. <laughs> You're an advanced. Michael, what was the, what was the result? Favorable, obviously. Uh, yeah, because you can save money and you do it in a way that's that you don't or that's not intuitive. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Which I guess is your guess is really the point. That is the point. Yes. Yeah. And we wouldn't be able. And we are only able to do this because of the large amounts of data that we have. So when you think of all this analytics, if you could bucketize them in descriptive analytics, predictive analytics, prescriptive analytics, how much? How much? What's the role of predictive analytics in the in the kayak product? I think, well, it, uh, it's paramount. It's, so we, we use predictive analytics to ensure that we have the most comprehensive and most accurate results. We actually uh, remove results for which that we think they're no longer available 
and uh, when the user clicks through to, to, to end up on our partner's uh, website. Um, we, we rely on predictive analytics for, for better personalization, and as I described in, in the case of uh, price forecasting and hacker fairs, we actually build products based on user, based on predictive analytics. Yeah. So, you know, one thing everybody wants to know is how do you save money on booking airfare and hotel? Maybe this is a good time, as any, to ask you. What are your recommendations to, for people to save money on buying travel? So or it's different, actually. So on flights, I think uh, if you are flexible and you can uh, and you can depart a day earlier or return a day later, uh, or you are willing to use a nearby airport, occasionally you can save significant uh, uh, significantly on the ticket price. Um, we, we we provide tools like the price alerts, where you if you are flexible on the on the time of the of the year that you want to fly to a, a specific to a tourist destination, for example, you can have kayak monitor the prices for you. Um, but the advice is uh, is the same old uh, advice: uh, look early, and uh, when you see a price that you are willing to pay, you should uh, you should book it. Um, uh, don't wait. On hotels. Um, because most hotel, many hotel rates are actually uh, fully refundable if you cancel them. Uh, when you see a, a, a price that uh, that uh, you like, I think you you can go ahead and, and, and book it in, in the in the free cancellation cases. And then if it's cheaper, you can you you can uh, cancel and rebook. Um, also, we uh, a lot of our partners are increasingly uh, working on, uh, 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 are increasingly adding uh, private rates, and Kayak is uh, adding these uh, these rates for the registered users. So that's one another yet another way to save money. Yeah. We have a uh, question from Twitter. Zachary Jeans is wondering what's the difference or the relationship between the user interface of the software and the overall more broad user experience. Can you link those two? And in your case, I think the data obviously yeah, so plays the, a key role the, as well. Yeah, so the, the user interface can be thought of as a static uh, um, um, instantiations of the user experience, but the whole user experience is, uh, includes how you transition from a page to a page. Uh, the animation um, when you are, that you apply when the user plays with the filters uh, to in to, the sorting and everything. So um, I would say the user experience is a more dynamic, uh, four-dimensional aspect rather than the static. You yeah, and the and, and the numbers the, the data science behind is there to support basically. Uh, you, you start, we, we capture every single click that happens on Kayak, every single tab that happens in our mobile apps, and we see what gets used uh, in what sequence and um, optimize it over time uh, to, to save the user time. I'm assuming there's a head of marketing, perhaps a CMO or head of IT, yeah. a CIO at Kayak. As a CTO, which function do you work most with? And has that changed over time? Yeah, the role of the C CIO is, uh, uh, is, is actually uh, the chief architect is responsible for that, who, 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 who rolls up to me. Uh, the CMO um, uh, pl plays a key role. Uh, also, so does the CEO. Uh, 
those are the people I interact probably the most, uh, discussing new ideas. We want to make sure that the user interface is on brand, um, and then, and then uh, yeah, and we and probably our CEO, our CEO is a very strong product person. So we we do a lot of co remote collaboration through instant messaging and, and video conferencing because they are located in in Connecticut. Uh, but yeah, those are probably the two uh, senior executives I interact with the most, other than my team. And we have another question from Twitter. Arsalan Khan asks, what is the future of data and analytics going beyond user experience? Um, Where is this all going? Yeah, well, at Kayak is mostly focused on user experience and ensuring uh, comprehensiveness. Um, the future of the, of the product at Kayak, I think, is more mobile and more international. So tell us about mobile. Mobile plays a big role at Kayak. It does. Um, uh, m more than half of our users are on mobile devices. Um, if you look at our mobile uh, usage, more than half of the searches on flights for, for flights are uh, for, for one-way uh, uh, trips, and more than half of the searches on hotels are for tonight's days or tomorrow night's days. So, uh, so our users are using it as a way to, to solve a travel problem, actually. They are stranded, and they need to get out of there, or they need, to, they need a, a car or hotel right away. Um, if you ignore the, the, first, the, the next two days, the patterns are actually identical to desktop. So they are truly using it in that respect as a, as a desktop replacement. So they do aspirational searches far out in, into the future and, uh, and uh, in very similar ways that they would do on a desktop. Um, so we, we strive to make sure that in that small screen we provide as much function, functionality as possible. Now the reality is that increasingly our users are multi-device. They might do some aspirational searches while watching TV on, on the mobile device, and then they come back later to book it on the desktop. Um, so you will see Kayak being a, more supportive of this, um, of this use case, or the multi-device use case. So from, from search to action, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing on mobile you have an, maybe an order of magnitude faster than on a desktop. Is that a fair statement? It depends on the number of days out. <laughs> ah, okay. It depends how immediate the need is, yes. Okay. So, so do, do, I suspect over time, you know, your smartphone, tablet, that's going to be the first screen when it comes in terms of kayak. I mean, you said today it's, what, 50% of search comes through mobile? 50% of the users. Uh, searches are still a bit less than that. Um, look, already our design is mobile first. Uh, so we, we have the mobile design team come up with the next iteration of the redesign of Kayak, and then uh, uh, the desktop team expands it for the, for the whole of Kayak. Um, we, we make sure that uh, increasingly our desktop experience is touch optimized. So mo mobile is truly driving the, the identity of, of Kayak on all the devices. All the, yeah. So, uh, so you developed personas for your users as well. So, for example, one of your per personas is the stranded traveler, as you yeah. were describing earlier. Yeah, so that's where personalization comes into play. You want the, the results you want to show to the stranded traveler may be different than, uh, than the aspirational searches. Um, 
and um, that's ongoing work. As I said, speed and personalization never end. So those are two key priorities that we're always focused on. Well, as, a, as an occasional stranded traveler myself, sometimes due to my own fault, like, like the time I booked a flight to the wrong city, I can tell you, which is not a pleasant thing. Not at all. Is that a speaking engagement, Michael? Yeah, <laughs> let's not go there. Uh, but, uh, but, but the first thing I did when I got off the flight was I opened up the Kayak app on my iPad because I figured that's going to be the fastest way for me to figure out how the hell do I get out of this city and get to where I need to go? Yeah, that's a common story we hear. We even hear about pilots using Kayak to, to find out uh, uh, the, the schedules of, of flights. Um, yeah, I'm glad we were of service there. <laughs> well, you know, well, I definitely appreciate it at the time. But we've been talking about uh, the, the, the data part. Now let's talk about your business and your culture. You're, you're from, a, from a size perspective and time in business, you're not really a startup, but you have the self-image of being a startup. We do, and I think that's important for retaining the talent, but also remaining productive. Um, if you looked at our, um, our team, about 70% of the team is, um, uh, is actually technical staff, uh, engineers, designers, QA, IT, data science, etc. And we, we maintain small teams in a very flat organization. We are very light on process, and um, we have meeting phobia. We, we, uh, so we, we rely on having very intelligent and motivated people who can work together very efficiently in small teams. Um, and that's, yeah, that, I, I believe that's, that has been key in Kayak's uh, execution. Can you talk a little bit about meeting phobia? <laughs> Is there a rule it can't be more than 20 minutes? You have to stand up. Yeah, what's how do you how do you address meeting phobia? <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it, again, it's it's addressed in a very organic way. If somebody sends a meeting uh, invitation that has too many people, you will get rejections because the number of people is too too large. Um, we we. Do, I don't think I have ever been uh, in a meeting at Kaya that was running too long and uh, people just said, okay, this is, uh, people organically say this is too long a meeting, uh, it's not productive anymore, we, we cut it off. Um, also, in our offices we have stand-up meeting rooms uh, to ensure that the, the meetings remain short and productive. That's great advice for all companies. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about hiring? So, you're hiring lots of data scientists, you're hiring user experience people, and you don't want them just simply showing up and knocking on your door. Or am I wrong about that? No, we don't. Um, and so uh, we, we, we enjoy hiring people out of our uh, network. Uh, so we, like, we sometimes hire through recruiters, but the, our most successful hires came through a referral. Even the ones who hire, that we hire through recruiters, it ends up, it, they end up uh, connected with some prior kayak employee. Um, and that's very important because we are light on process. We want people who have, can work with each other and enjoy working with each other. And, and our hiring process actually tries to enforce that. Um, after, after a candidate goes through a, a number of interviews, 
uh, we get together and any of the interviewers has veto power. Um, so you, you have to get the thumbs up from every single person that you have met to be hired at Kayak. Also, if you, if you map a social network of the Kayak, uh, at least on the, on the product side, if you map a, a social network, network of the Kayak employees, um, you will notice that we basically have four or five very strong clusters of people who knew each other prior to, uh, or knew somebody who knew them prior to coming to Kayak. Um, and so IQ is important as a filter before we invite somebody for, and, and prior success is important as a filter before we bring somebody at Kayak. But um, being compatible from a cultural perspective is, uh, um, uh, is a, a deal breaker. So it, we need people who, with which we can work with efficiently. So you hire for uh, attitude and and, yeah. and and train for aptitude. Uh, if 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 that makes if that yes. makes if that yes. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And and does that allow you to scale when you're looking for, you know, data scientists and UI experts? I mean, from a lot of what we read today, there seems to be a shortage of highly skilled, uh, precision talent employees. Certainly. But, but your, network, your network and your referrals help you find the right candidates. Exactly. It's about finding the right candidates. We have dozens of positions open, but we're not going to hire just to fill up those positions. We want to hire the right people. Okay. So how do you maintain a culture that combines the very, very uh, highly technical discipline of data science with sensitivity and awareness of user needs that is required to build a system that has uh, that's very responsive for the to the user experience. How do you how do you yeah. find people that can marry those qualities together? Um, that's that's mostly personality, and that's what we try to find out when we interview somebody at Kayak. We want we don't want people who are in love with technical technical frameworks and and they have no sensitivity about the the end product that we're delivering to the users. Um, the way we evaluate every idea and every architecture change is um, they be experiments. If, if, you if you change the architecture in, in, in a way that affects the user experience, uh, that experiment fails and we throw it out. Also, when, when it comes to uh, team productivity, um, I have personally let go very intelligent people who, who are not the right cultural fit with our teams. So, so uh, we, we iterate on the team composition like we iterate on the product. That's incredible. So uh, obviously a customer first, accountable, accountable culture. Do you I say team first. And, What's and that? I think it's team first. Team first. Yeah. Product and then uh, customer, yeah. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Have you found, how, how often do you look at traditional resumes versus someone's, you know, digital footprint or social network when, you, when you're going through the recruitment process? Um, yeah, in most cases, we first get the the, the, the traditional resume or a LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. we, we like to look at GitHub um, or uh, a portfolio if it's a designer. Uh, we like to see prior work, basically, or existing code, or um, yeah, we like to see what that person has done before. Sure, sure. So you're obviously a very innovative company, and you're constantly doing essentially innovation experiments all the time. Uh, so tell us how you maintain the pace of innovation, and tell us the the challenges of doing so, and what you're doing there. Um, 
by never being happy with your execution speed. I think that ensures that you, that you keep looking for inefficiencies, um, processes that you, you can remove, or projects that uh, you shouldn't be working on because they don't move the needle. Um, and I think that, uh, that has to be ingrained across, uh, across the culture of the team. Do you have a formal innovation process in place? Um, the most formal aspect we have is the A-B experiments. Uh, we also uh, hold the hack week where we encourage our team to, to come up with new ideas. That, uh, but the criterion is new ideas that we, we would release on production. Um, we also have ad hoc hack week or hack month. If, 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 if any of our technical staff comes up with a great idea they would like to implement, depending on their um, prior uh, execution history, uh, we'll, we'll give them that, uh, the ability to, to work on, the, on that project on their own. We also uh, slice out um, teams to work on um, moonshot projects uh, uh, that are interesting uh, uh, travel ideas. Uh, so that we, we keep them uh, undistracted from, um, uh, from, from, from daily responsibilities. And uh, some of those projects work, some don't. Uh, the ones who do, uh, they end up getting released on, on Kayak. Our mobile product was actually um, a, a sliced out uh, separate team that um, we protected from our CEO long enough to, to reach success. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that feels. Uh, uh, so we, you know, we've had in the past several uh, startup CEOs and startup founders on our show. What advice would you give to startup CEOs who want to come and pitch their capabilities to you as the CTO in terms of ensuring that they could survive the first ten minutes of the meeting? <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of young startups pitching uh, new products, etc. Um, it has to be solving a ma at least. To be interesting to, to Kayak, it has to be solving a mass consumer need. Um, if it's a highly aspirational travel search product, um, or it's a, a very niche um, travel search pro uh, travel related product, we'll probably not uh, look at it seriously. Yeah. The mass consumer is key for us. How do you optimize, from a marketing standpoint, how do you optimize your own site? to maximize traffic, maximize clicks, and uh, maximize the, the revenue as well? Um, so there is a brand marketing aspect of things, so no, uh, uh, but there's also, uh, we also do some uh, online marketing, which is performance marketing, and again, that's, uh, that's a math problem as far as we are concerned. We, have, we want to bring users who have a good user experience and they return to Kayak, and in the long run, it's a positive ROI for us. What are, what are some of the things you do to maintain this startup-like entrepreneurial and, you know, obviously customer user experience obsessed culture at Kayak? Um, we well, some of the things we do is that we expose every employee to to, custo to customer feedback. When a user writes to to Kayak, uh, that email will be randomly routed to a, a Kayak employee. Uh, that has interesting benefits. If a, if an engineer keeps seeing the same problem. They get tired of answering the same question, and they just solve the problem. Um, so uh, we, uh, the constant direct uh, contact with the customer helps you learn what you are doing wrong. Um, constant monitoring of usage, 
of, of the websites and uh, and uh, and pruning of, of features that are not valuable. Um, basically ensures that there is Darwinian optimization that um, I think yeah, keeps you focused on this on, on, on customer experience innovation. And your your uh, your role is CTO, and yet it seems that to a large extent you also have to play the guardian of the culture. Yes, um, and also, also we used to we, we like to joke that uh, we <clears throat> we maintain separation of church and state at Kayak. <laughs> so um, the product team is responsible for the for the user experience. And then the the commercial team is responsible for commercial for monetization, and there is this constant push and pull. And then uh, the one with the strongest opinion and, uh, ends up winning. Um, the reality is that is not clean separation. Some of us on the product side also care about monetization, and, and our commercial team cares deeply about uh, user experience as well. Um, and, and I think that has worked well for for Kayak. So you said the the, the strongest opinion wins. But clearly, your guiding principle and core values, because you had mentioned user experience, almost always trumps other, you yes. know, other factors. So at least there is a there's a certain element of DNA in all of the employees of Kayak to ensure you're delighting your customers um, to the best of your ability. Is that fair? Yes, that that is very fair. It starts from the CEO down to every single employee. So how do you capture feedback? I mean, what are the mechanisms? Uh, in, in, yeah. in which, and, and, and how much feedback do you get on a daily basis? Um, we don't need to give specific, but it's, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a ton. <laughs> yeah, it's a ton. Uh, <laughs> we get a lot of emails. That's mostly the way we get uh, we capture feedback. But we also monitor Twitter uh, and other social networks. Um, increasingly, feedback also comes from social networks. Um, so this is the, the, actu the, the active user feedback. Uh, capturing. There's also the, the passive one where we, we observe our users' uh, behavior on the website um, and, um, and then uh, we learn from that and, and optimize from there. Now, the whole concept of data and predictive analytics and machine learning is one of the big trends and fads today and everybody's talking about it. I wonder how many people are actually doing it in, effect, in an, an effective way. But can you offer advice to startups or, or to larger companies who are trying to at least get their feet wet and use these techniques in, in a meaningful way? Based on your experience and what you've learned, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the, the things that they should look out for? Yeah, first of all, I cannot think uh, of, uh, of any viable commerce or mobile solution on big data and, and cost and optimization. Um, the, the big challenge is to capture the right data and make sure you actually measure it correctly. So we spend a lot of time at Kayak optimizing our AB platform to, act, to actually uh, do the right segment, types of segmentation Mm. Um, and uh, give us relia statistically reliable data. Um, and occasionally, we, you, uh, we, we trip over ourselves. We might release an experiment that doesn't capture the right type of data. So uh, it requires constant attention and and um, and diligence and asking the right questions when you when you see data that don't make any sense. Mm. 
I'm, I'm curious, uh, maybe you can give some advice to other uh, CTOs and we've had numerous CIOs and other technology executives as previous guests. What are some conferences or what, what do you read? How do you, how do you, as the person that's supposed to, you know, responsible for championing the vision and product strategy for Kayak, what do you read? Where do you go? Who do you speak with? To stay, you know, not 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 at, at, ahead of technology um, at at Kayak. Well, you know, what are your some of your sources? Yeah, as I said earlier, we have a meeting phobia, so uh, we're we're actually not big fans of attending conferences. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, personally, I read uh, academic research in machine learning and uh, and uh, and also user experience. Um, we, but mostly we we are heavy users of mobile devices ourselves. We are heavy travelers ourselves. Um, we use our competitors' products to uh, to understand to to make sure that we also that we don't have that we maintain the most comprehensive results. Um, and and I, we also use a lot of other um, mobile applications in our daily lives. And if we see user experience paradigms that make sense, we we discuss how should we. Introduce this in Kayak. Great. So we're just about running out of time. Any final thoughts? Uh, what are the? I'm I'm always interested. What are the the kind of biggest challenges that you think about? You mentioned having the right type of data and taking the right type of measurements. Anything? Are there other things that keep you awake at night? Um. Yeah. Is is a transition to a multi-device world. Um, as uh, as users start their searches on, on mobile and then they end up booking on desktop or the other way around, we need to make sure we support um, that use case as well as well as possible. Um, I don't think we have cracked it well yet. No, mm. It doesn't seem that anybody else has. So yeah, I think it's a. Is is a graceful transition to a multi-device world. I think sure. that's just how it. So when Apple introduced the the new watch and you had voice-activated Uber service as as a, as a demonstration, whether it's Google Glass in the future or or a watch, uh, how do you see wearable technology where folks will want to perhaps use voice technology to 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 search and 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 interact with Kayak? Is that something that you see? As potential growth area or usage area, we actually experimented um, with voice search, but I think it was too early when we, we when we did. Um, we'll take a wait and see approach there. Where we'll go where the users are. Yeah, makes sense. Fantastic. Well, this has been a very interesting discussion. We've been talking with uh, Yorgos Zaharia, who is the chief technology officer at. Kayak, and we've been talking about data analytics and machine learning. Yorgos, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you very much. We learned a lot. Look forward to engaging with you in the future. Yes, cool. it's, been, it's been great. I am Michael Krigsman. This has been show number 102 of CXO Talk with my co-host Vala Offshore, and I Hope everybody has a great week, and we will see you again next time.